It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. <laughs> We are live. We are locked on live right now. This has become a Friday tradition for the Locked On Hornets podcast. Hello, Hornets fans. Hello, national audience. I'm Doug Branson, uh, one part of the Locked On Hornets podcast. I'm joined today by my old co-host, David Walker. And I feel like you are our resident classic Hornets historian, which is going to be useful today. Oh. Because we are really digging back into the archives here for this rewatch. Oh wow, that's just because I'm the oldest, right? <laughs> it's it's only because you're the just oldest. okay. I'll take it. Because, you stick around long enough. Well, you listen, know, just, I know a lot about the classic Hornets because I've studied uh, Hornets history. I I am a right. I am a uh, a Hornets historian, but you, sir, saw some of this stuff with your own eyes. Now, did so today. We are going to be rewatching. I should go ahead and hit play on this. We should sync our play because we've got 50 minutes of delicious rewatch action to get uh, to. This is going to be the second half of Hornets Bulls game two, 1995, a game uh, that the Hornets won. So don't worry. The Hornets did win this Hornets fans. Um, but let's go ahead and sync our play. David, when you're ready, we'll go three, okay. two, one play. Here we go. Three, two, one play. Synced. All right, that's the beautiful voice of Marv oh, Alberts. Oh, yes. look at that. Who Now, who's he with there? Gookus, Matt Gookus. Oh, man. <laughs> the gookster. Yeah, there's me there, There's me right behind him. I don't know if you saw me. Uh, that was not me. Just kidding. Uh, so this did take place at the Charlotte Coliseum, the old Charlotte Coliseum. For those that don't know, they do not play uh, in this Coliseum. In fact, the Coliseum does not exist anymore. It was in South Charlotte. It is gone. They demolished it. Right, now Pete. they play uptown right in the middle of the city. Uh, this did take, take place in 1995. A little context on this series. This is the MJ comeback year. So when you see Michael Jordan take the court here in a few minutes, now the owner of the Charlotte Hornets, uh, he is going to be wearing the 45, David, the comeback year. Yes, that's right. MJ wearing the 45. You know, I was doing a little research leading up to this. Oh, there's the G-man back there. But uh, MJ originally wanted to come back and just play in the postseason, but – he was talking to Phil Jackson and Curtis Polk, who some Charlotte Hornets fans may be familiar with, as well as David Falk, his longtime agent. And they finally settled in on like 17 games that he would play prior to uh, getting to that postseason um, play. But just a really interesting time of I me. Mean, think about that, Doug. Think about that if like LeBron went to play soccer or something. I mean, that's what this would be like. This was such a a weird and just like historical thing that happened when MJ came back and really had a different body, had a baseball body, you know, built up the upper body a little bit more. So even now I think was still getting back into basketball shape. LJ pull up jumper shorts. Oh, oh, Muggsy with the three point attempt. That's going to be short as well. Some yeah, tired legs here yeah. in this game too. Second half. 
Uh, yeah, it was a strange event, and I think um, Jordan had a very uh, baseball mentality there of like, I'll just come back in the postseason like a pitcher. You know, we've seen that. Rudd <laughs> Clemens did that a few years for the New York Yankees. That just seems like a very baseball thing to do, not not something we're accustomed to in basketball. But, uh, yeah, so this is the Jordan comeback year, and we talked to Del Curry one time on this podcast who played in this game, obviously, uh, ambassador for the Charlotte Hornets, current uh, voice of the Charlotte Hornets mm-hmm. for – uh, Fox Sports Southeast and Curry said on that episode that he really felt like if Jordan had not come back the Hornets had an opportunity because this was what you're watching here 1995 this is the height of the LJ Zoe Muggsy era like this is as good as yeah. it got for them uh, they won 54 games this uh, in the season that you're watching uh, but surprisingly I'm going to double-check this. Yeah, they're the four seed in this one. Um, so, so the Magic were the top seed, correct, of Penny and, and Shaq? Yes, and the Bulls were the fifth seed uh, this season. And this this will go four games. This is game two that you're watching. Uh, the Bulls would win game one, 108-100. Michael Jordan leading the way in game one, 48 points. Uh, morning with lead in rebounds with 13. It's funny, in all four of these games, I think Jordan led in scoring and morning led in rebounding. So this really was, there's morning shot, by the way. Isn't that his shot? I mean, to me, that's like, if yeah. you, other than dunking, obviously, because he's a center, like to me, just right there at the top, uh, to me, that's his shot. I mean, you see MJ making some of these moves. And can you see a little bit of the rust? But you can also see just the, you know, the MJ jumper and, and the fluidity is there at times. Oh, man, there he shoves. Who is that number three? Hawkins? Percy Hawkins? Uh, that is, I believe that is correct. I'm going to get numbers here in a second. But let me just yeah, kind of run yeah. down. Let me run down the roster for the Charlotte Hornets. Number three is Hersey Hawkins, Hornets legend. The Hawk. Uh, you've got Muggsy Bogues obviously wearing number one. You've got Larry Johnson wearing number two. Hersey number three. You've got Alonzo Mourning in the three-three, the double threes. Scotty Burrell in his second oh. NBA season wearing number twenty-four. You've got Del Curry obviously wearing number thirty. Um, Eleven is going to be David Wingett, uh, one of the forgotten, Wingate. I feel like, shooting guards for, or I'm, uh, yeah, shooting guards for the Charlotte Hornets. So some interesting storylines just kind of intertwined in this thing. You mentioned Scotty Burrell. He would be a guy that would end up on the Bulls during this second three-peat run for Jordan and the Bulls uh, toward the end of it. And a guy that MJ really, really hammered and like really, you know, you hear these 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 stories about can't wait MJ for the last dance, super by the tough. Way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he they might be featured in that because. Uh, MJ really gave him a hard time and Burrell, you know, tried to go back at MJ and, um, you know, show him that he wouldn't back down. And, you know, I don't know that it all worked out (laughs) super well in the end, but I think uh, eventually MJ trusted him enough and he showed that he was able to kind of hit open shots and, and do things for the bulls that MJ approved of. So just interesting that Burrell, you know, kind of started his career here and then ended up playing with MJ during that last stretch. MJ rocking the goatee as well. A little, yes. comeback, a little comeback goatee. Now, were you pro MJ goatee or did you like clean shaven MJ? So he first kind of rocked that in the Barcelona Olympics, and that was kind of like a summer thing for him. And uh, I think it was an interesting look, but, 
you know, MJ, obviously not a fan of it because he shed that. He shed the 45, went back to the old clean-shaven guy. Seemed to uh, maybe help his aerodynamics a little bit. Did you see that bounce pass from Muggsy, by the way? I mean, he bounce passed it from the three-point line into the corner. <laughs> that was insane. BJ, BJ Armstrong, another future. Now, he did play for the Hornets at some point. Oh, uh, that's true. Um, let me, uh, by the way, Joe Wolf also on this roster, number 43. Oh you're, you're probably not going to see yep. him in this one, but he is uh, the current uh, head coach of the Greensboro Swarm. The uh, Also G- a member of the, of the cast of uh, Eddie, I believe, um, was a Charlotte Hornet in the movie Eddie. How about this? Robert Parrish is on this Hornets roster, wearing the double zero in his, this would be his 19th year in the league. And he was actually in the game, uh, the, the first series that the Hornets won, uh, the Alonzo Morning shot to win the game and send them to the second round. Uh, Robert Parrish was on the other side of the, of the ball playing for the Celtics. And would play for the Bulls as well. Doug, how just – oh, great, great timing, timing on that. Look at that. There. Oh, boy. Still looks pretty spry in those pinstripes. You know what's interesting? Um, we did a look back at the Alonzo Morning trade. So basically, Alonzo Morning, uh, pretty quickly after this, um, asked to get out of town and uh, go to Miami. He wanted to play for Pat Riley. He wanted to play in Miami. And, yeah, of course. You know, so he basically asks out of Charlotte, even though he's signed to a big contract and the Hornets do end up trading him. Um, but I was doing research for this, David, uh, to uh, ask Rick Bennell, the Charlotte Observer beat writer, about this. And so I was digging up all these old articles, and there are so many quotes from Robert Parrish about what went down. He was so talkative uh, because, you know, all of the Hornets got together at one point, maybe including LJ. Not quite sure if LJ was a, m- a member of this, uh, mm. uh, of this group of Hornets that got together and went to, uh, went to Alonzo and said, dude, stay. When we, I mean, we, you know, had... We yeah. not run into Jordan on a comeback. We we probably had a shot to do this thing. We can, we can actually make this thing happen. And and Zoe turned him down. Uh, but Parrish was very talkative about about the whole thing. And I thought that was crazy because, you know, he's he's so known for being a chi- or for being a uh, Celtic. Well, I can see he certainly carried a lot of weight with Alonzo, <laughs> as did everyone else. How Hornets, how typical Hornets, Doug, is that, that uh, you know, they have this kind of peak of this team. They're the four seed. They've got home court advantage. And they're matched up against a team for most of the year that did not have the greatest player ever. But he came back just in time to face them in the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, is it, doesn't that go down as, you know, we talked about that last playoff run where with the um, – uh, when Kemba was here, the, the like the four-way tie, right? They could have been as high as what second or third or something, but they ended up way down, not getting home court advantage. So just another one of those like weird playoff blips that have kind of happened to the Hornets along the way. Yeah, excuse me. They were they won fifty games uh, in this season in ninety four ninety five. They went fifty and thirty two. They were second in uh, the Central Division. They had an offensive rating of 109.6 and a defensive rating of 106.1. Just in terms of your net rating, uh, this was one of the better teams in Hornets history uh, just and, and one of the more talented teams. And, yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah. the, the Hornets' playoff history is littered with a combination of bad play and bad luck. Um, the, this was, I think, a case of bad luck. You go to 96, 97, 
They win 54 games in 96-97. This is your Glenn Rice, Anthony Mason era after the Zoe trade. And this, this was a team uh, that won the most games in franchise history, yet I think they were the sixth seed, and they went up against a New York team that, that absolutely um, that burned them. And, um, yeah. you know, they, so there's a first-round exit there on a season where they win 54 games, but so many other teams played well as well, and Ooh. they get a sixth seed. Yeah, and there you see LJ hitting that shorter three-pointer from the extended elbow area. That was really something that helped LJ boost his shooting when they moved that three-point line back in or, you know, closer in. And so he's taking advantage over there. You still don't see many threes <laughs> coming out of any of these games. It's I so love crazy. this. By the way, I love this parish coach matchup right now. Oh, boy. This is fun. Where is oh, – where is – I need to see more Bill Weddington. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, that's Purdue. Right now, right. that's what I'm yeah, saying. I need Purdue. to see Bill Weddington. Yeah. I need to see his oh. beautiful face on the floor. Hawkins, man, he was an offensive force. One of the, and, and he could hit threes, too. Oh, yeah. He was a shooter, baby. I'm telling you, I make the comparison all the time between Hersey Hawkins and Malik Monk, and people think I'm crazy, but I think he definitely had some Malik Monk-type tendencies. Or Malik Monk had some Hersey Hawkins-type tendencies. Yeah, I was going to say, seems looking back oh, on it. Like Muggsy. Like, oh, oh, Muggsy. Oh, Muggsy with the Dipsy dude. Oh, and he was excited oh, about it, Oh, he was too. like, yeah. And LJ listen. Up for that, too. Oh, there's Curry off the bench. There's DC for three. And look, Muggsy would push the pace. I mean, that's that was his game. Like, he's going to take advantage oh, of you there. he got the hive. He got the hive alive on that one. Maybe, I mean, I let me look up some season way. stats for Parrish because he seems pretty vital in this series right now. Great pass. Yeah, that, that's look what I'm that, saying. Look at that he's pass still, back out. He still, looks, he still looks pretty nimble, you know, moving out there. He actually looks more so than that Celtics game we watched. In terms of minutes played, he was seventh on the roster. He was the the second bench player, uh, only to Dell Curry, who was, you know, the Hornets' sixth man for many, many years. Wow. He started four games, um, played all 85, including these four playoff games. And think about that addition to the roster. I mean, you mentioned him trying to persuade. Ooh, God, he almost he almost averaged 10 concert. rebounds a game. He, he averaged for the Hornets this year. He played every single game, and he averaged 9.3 rebounds and 10 points. He almost averaged a double-double for this team. This is crazy. Robert Parrish. But, but but bringing him on the roster to kind of, you know, be the elder statesman and show Alonzo some of the ropes. I mean, a pretty smart pickup there if you think about it. Uh, just the way – and, I mean, contributing on the floor, not just a locker room guy, as you noted. Here's an odd name, too. Played 53 games, started for them. Greg Sutton uh, shot 41%, was 37% from three. Holy moly. Uh, Average 13.7 points per game, five assists. Who is this Greg Sutton? <laughs> I was going to say. I mean, part of this rewatch is just <laughs> me looking up these guys. Okay, Greg Sutton played from 1991 to 96, only played one 
Uh, played two seasons in Charlotte, but no, he played overseas for a few years. Played four seasons in the league. Uh, his rookie year was San Antonio, then Charlotte ninety four ninety five, and then played for Charlotte and Philadelphia ninety five ninety six. But man, sudden! What a year ninety four ninety five. Jeez, where is he out of? Big, Oral Roberts. Big year for sudden. Big year for sudden. The Oral Roberts connection, okay. Was a uh, for that short three is short. Was the twenty second pick in the second round, forty ninth overall. Greg Sutton, there's a name for you. I wonder what Greg's up to these days. I don't know. I need to get him on the line. Talk about this game. Yeah. <laughs> All right, morning back and down. Oh, travel. I don't I'm know about that. Be, not in today's no, league. Back and down, Coo coach. Hold on, not in today's Man, league. It, I need to see a replay. Hold on, let's see. Look, look at Coo coach. What we got here. Pippen. Classic Pip. All right. All right, good. Yeah, relax. yeah, yeah. Calm down. And oh. Oh, now that is baseball MJ right there. Oh, I mean, that, that was, that's there baseball was no MJ. Elevation. And peak Alonzo morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you could see. Look, right Alonzo, this was Alonzo's series, by the way. Look at this. There's just no explosion there. Oh, look at that. Zoe says oh. no. Was that a T-shirt back in the day? Zoe says no. Because if not, I'm taking a I'm taking a time machine back to 1995. I'm going to. I'm going to sell it. Zoe says no. That seems like a missed opportunity. Where were you at in '95? Come on, dude. <laughs> that would have been an amazing T-shirt. I'm going to make it. I needed a, I needed a quarantine to get my T-shirt uh, game going. Oh, there he is. There he is, Bill Winnington. You Bill Winnington. About a goatee, Doug. Now look. I mean, I don't know how you could fill out a roster. Of all-time good tees without including Bill Winnington. There's no winning without Bill Winnington. Mm. He was two of four in this game, four points. <laughs> Jordan did the bulk of the shooting in this one. He was 13 of 25, 52% from the field, 50% from three. He finished the game with 32 points. Damn, that is crazy. Yeah, Jordan, I mean, listen, he comes back. He got a few games under He's his belt. Also had seven Solid assists. Player. <laughs> yeah, this is a, what happened to that guy? Uh, this was definitely Hornets still feeding Alonzo here pretty big. Well, look, I mean, they've they basically got both blocks covered with with back downs yeah. and then they cut Hersey through the middle. So that's an interesting. I wonder if that was a set player. That was just something they improv, but they had both blocks covered. They had Alonzo and I believe that was LJ on the other block. And then you cut Hersey through the middle and try to get him there. Hornets up five right now. And I think mm. everyone expected the Bulls to sweep the Hornets, right? I mean, this, this, you know, even though the Hornets were the higher seed, they get the first two games you know, at home. Jordan I mean, gets that first I, game. I guess so. And yeah, he, he gets the first game, and they win by the eight. First game. And a more balanced scoring attack for the Hornets. They had uh, Alonzo was 6 of 15 in this game, 10 of 10 from the line, 23 points. Larry Johnson, 25 points, 9 of 18. Crazy efficient game for LJ. Muggsy was 5'11". Hersey was 5'11", 15 points. And then Dell had uh, chipped in 12 off the bench. Also uh, making appearances in this game, Michael Adams, Darren Hancock, and Kenny Gaddison. Oh, wow. KG, the real KG, Kenny Gaddison. The big KG. The Gat Man. The Gat Man. The G-Man. LJ, 
<laughs> LJ really went to that spin move a lot, and it was effective. He had a nice touch around the basket there. Got another one. Oh, we, we got a technical. Got a technical on Phil Jackson. That's not very zen-like. He's upset. Man. Look, that I mean, that's, look just... how intense that is. I mean, I can't imagine. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine being a referee and, and uh, Michael Jordan staring me down in the face. With that goatee just coming over to you. Oh, who hit that? Del Curry. Del Curry, Del Curry making it interesting from the line there. He wanted so what did he want? He wanted to travel, I think, on LJ. Gookus, man. Who's <laughs> Really the Bulls. <laughs> Dude, Gook needs to calm down. He's just totally like just put on a Bulls jersey already. Just say yeah, you so love was, MJ. You know, every everyone was happy to MJ. Gook wants to be Pippen. like Mike. <laughs> what is he doing? Hornets up 73-67. Come I, up short on a couple threes here. There's Del Curry. I appreciate how often NBC is putting the score up. That was a problem in yeah, our still, in one of our rewatches where we just had no idea what the score was because it only Oh my God. Oh my God. Vintage. That is just that fine is, wine, baby. You just gotta love even and you know, I'll, I'll tell yeah, you, growing man. up, I was not a fan of the Bulls. I was not a fan of Jordan for yeah, precisely yeah, this series. Yeah. Because they, he just beat him down, and there was just no stopping him, and so I was not a big fan of MJ. Think about that, though, Doug. Even today, looking back on this game in 1995, that, that impossible shot just seemed to come out of nowhere. But let's see, they're gonna replay it. Here we go. Dell loses. Hanging. MJ. But I mean, look, he, oh. he he's on the other side of. Good lord, he's on the other side of the paint. Jumps up and well, under. Well, the the the, the crazy part of this is that he's falling down as he's, you know, pushing right. the shot up. It's not as if he's, you know, hitting it at the arc of his jump. Let, wanted a foul. Gukas should have gotten a foul. Bristow, uh, no defense for that. Left-handed finish, high off the glass, Doug. That's just it, you're right. Now, what is this poetry. that they're carrying through the crowd here? Did you That's see the that? Bojangles brick. <laughs> That is the Bojangles brick. <laughs> did, you, did, did you attend this game? <sighs> or game or game so. one? You didn't attend either game in '95. I, I don't. I don't think so. You're. You're. you're I was trying to think. Embarrassment. I, know. I was. I was trying to think back on that. I, I mean, I even though they're up like two, I just I, I probably remember feeling like they were going to lose this game. Oh, Muggsy, nice dribble mm -hmm. there again. Great pass. Muggsy still the all-time Hornets Oof. assist leader. Wow. Two, took, two, took two giant yeah. farm boys to keep Alonzo Mourning from getting that. <laughs> getting first, that, that our first uh, Hancock appearance? I'm not sure where he was. Yeah. Pippen, such a great defender, locked up. Uh, is that Hancock there? Did you say Darren Hancock was the uh, That would be Darren. <laughs> I believe it's Herbie Hancock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, Darren Hancock, a small forward out of Kansas, was born in Birmingham, uh, Alabama. Uh, only spent a few years in the NBA, was uh, quite, or, uh, I believe drafted by the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, he was the 11th pick in the second round, 38th overall in the 1994 NBA draft by the Charlotte Hornets. Played 46 games in 94-95, uh, started seven of them. Then 95-96 would also spend that in Charlotte. 
but then would leave Charlotte to play for Milwaukee, Atlanta, and San Antonio the next season, and then he was donezo. Easy come, easy go, as they say. That's right. Hornets up four here, Doug, with about a minute and a half to go in the third. MJ now on the bench taking a break, and the Bulls trying to work it out. Oh, bad foul. Oh, Hancock with a couple really not great moves. I think we're seeing why he washed out of the league. I'm just I I don't know. I look at Muggsy getting low on BJ. He says, look, if you want to – see, you know – Oof. Is there is there a hard truth about Muggsy Bogues as as legendary as he is in Charlotte, as beloved as he is in Charlotte, and beloved by me? Good God, Hancock, trying to end the guy's life. Gukas. I mean, Gukas could not have liked that. <laughs> Gukas is drawing up legislation to outlaw Darren Hancock in the NBA. Um, as beloved as as Muggsy is in in Hornets history, Hornets lore. I'm not sure that he would survive today's game, right? Because it's not just about his inability to shoot threes. It's about the fact that he could get low on BJ and and basically beg him to shoot over him because nobody could shoot. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about him in today's game. Even back then, you see how much of a liability he could be at times because of the height issue. I mean, especially... Oh, nice you cut. Know, oh, nice behind. Just, oh, oh behind there the you go, Hancock. Yes. Wow, Hancock making up for that foul in a big way. And you saw that You saw that graphic there, Doug. Hancock is getting much more playing time now because it looks like Scott Burrell uh, was injured, so he was not playing, so they moved. Okay, watch this. I, I love this setup. You cut You cut Hancock down the lane on, a, on an Alonzo post-up because so much attention being paid. You saw Scotty try to go over there and double. Kerr couldn't get there back there in time. We like that. Oh, man. Yeah, great cut there by Hancock. Newly in for the Bulls uh, as well, Doug. Uh, Steve Kerr. Uh, Yeah, played 22 minutes in this one and scored. He was two of five from the field, one of three, five points. Only – they're only – Seven players that played over 20 minutes for the Bulls in this one. Kerr, Longley, Purdue, Kukoc, B.J. Armstrong, Mike, and Scotty. Uh, Pete Myers, Judd Beckler, and Corey Blunt would accumulate 13 minutes in between them and really do not a lot. You'll see them coming up because the Hornets, spoiler alert, they get a little bit of a lead coming up. Pete Myers, man, unfortunate role to fill in or to, quote-unquote, replace Michael Jordan when he did retire the first time to go play baseball. Uh, Stayed on the team after that. I can't imagine how effing awkward that must have been. Uh, But he did stick around. I don't know if he's still on the bench for the Bulls, but I know he was assistant coach there for quite a few years. Um, But what a weird place in history to be the guy that had to kind of follow in Michael Jordan's footsteps. Yeah, this would be Parrish with a nice little step out. This would be his last full season in Chicago before. uh, Actually, he played for the Hornets in 95, 96, if you can believe it. Uh, Played for Miami and Charlotte in 95, 96. That's crazy. And then uh, also Pete Myers facts. Basketball reference lists his nickname as Skeeter Hawk. Wow. There you go. Oh, not, man, on the, hold on. Oh, man, the Hornets just cannot get the ball. 
Hold on. Is Darren Hancock the greatest passer that the Hornets have right now? Because he is <laughs> throwing see. some highlights right now. Looks like he's Look hurt. Look at that crowd. Look at that crowd, Doug. You know, there was a little Twitter chatter uh, this week coming out of the Kemba Walker long-form essay uh, article about, you know, some comments he had about his mom not being the only one to cheer in the crowd anymore. Uh-huh, so he uh-huh. catches up off the Boston. And you look at the crowd here, Doug, the, the, the original Hornets fan base, they are just going crazy. For this fourth quarter now what do you what do you let's let's have this conversation what okay yeah because we're probably going to have this conversation again on monday's show but like what do you what do you think about that about that comment what 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 feelings did that elicit in you when you first read them honestly i thought it was like one of those comments that you just kind of say i mean kimba walker is not the type of guy that's ever going to talk bad about charlotte or or the fan base here. And to your point, when they were making playoff runs, that place was filled just like it is on this video. You know what I mean? And for much of Kimba's duration here, there weren't reasons to be in that building, you know, cheering very loudly. So um, I get it. If people were kind of stung by that or, or, or offended, but I mean, look, Doug, we've watched every game. There were many games where there were no people there. I mean, what, what do you want? You, you want to say that, that that was not the case or there weren't people there? I mean, you've always been. On the floor and if the team is not moving in the right direction. Well, say, say, say that again, David. You kind of froze up there for a second. Say that again. Oh, you've been the one to say that you don't want uh, a fan base and you've brought up the Chicago Bulls for, for a lot of, of a year. So I've just been showing up out of um, – habit i guess or showing up when the when the product is not uh upholding its end of the bargain on the floor so i don't think the hornets fans are unlike most people's fans most teams fans they're not going to show up if the product isn't good and if there's no reason to get excited well that's just it right i mean the hornets fans did do that for a long time they sold out the coliseum until 1997 right. because people because this was the first professional sports franchise in charlotte history and Charlotte really they didn't even think they were going to get this team I mean it was really an upset that they were even awarded the team because they only had 350,000 people living in the city at the time now I think it's up over 3 million but um, at the time it was really a, a very small city and so there was such an underdog mentality and such excitement this was pre Carolina Panthers so this was the first professional sports franchise and people loved this team no matter how bad they played in the first four seasons in Charlotte Hornets history, they were dead last in their division each year. Uh, but people supported this team blindly uh, because of that love and that passion. And then by 1997, they were looking for results. And um, then, of course, it dwindled, dwindled, dwindled until they unfortunately uh, left Charlotte and went to New Orleans. And and that stung the city, I think, in a lot of ways. And there was competition now. You had You had the Carolina Panthers. Uh, this NFL franchise. And so um, when they came back as the Bobcats, it just wasn't a given that people were going to show up for basketball again. It it just, uh, it was going to have to be something that they earned. It wasn't going to be unearned like it was in 1988. And they simply haven't earned uh, that right. And yeah, I don't want them to be Chicago. I want them to say, hey, franchise, you have to win playoff series. You have to put us on national TV. You have to give us some championship hope, uh, no matter how false there has to be some hope. And I honestly believe that. Look, I'm a diehard fan, 
So I'll go to games and, and I'll watch all the games. And a lot of people that listen to our podcast are diehard fans and they don't understand like why are why are the seats not filled? You know, when we had Kemba, when we were making playoff, uh, when we had playoff hope. And it's because I really believe that the average sports fan that isn't like plugged into Charlotte Hornets basketball, that the average mom and dad who are looking for something to do with their kids uh, who don't watch every game, um, they are they want to know that if they spend an amount of money to go to the arena, that they're going to watch a good product. So they'll go see LeBron, right? They'll go see Anthony Day. You know, there's these players that they'll go see because they know they'll have an experience. Yeah. Steph Curry. They'll go see Steph Curry because they'll know they know they'll have an experience. They're not going to go see Hornets uh, magic. There's no experience there because they don't believe that the Charlotte Hornets are going to put on a show because they have not seen that on national TV. They haven't seen that on in the playoffs. Um, so that's I mean, that's just it. Uh, the, the fans will come back uh, and both the diehard fans and the average, you know, mom and dad with kids, they're all going to come back if the Hornets win playoff series and there is some hope uh, that this team could make a finals. And that's the challenge for the franchise. And they know it. Clifford knew it. Clifford knew that the, he would make mention that, look, these fans will get up when we give them something to get up for. Yeah, and I understand Hornets fans, especially the ones that are going to the games, watching the game, supporting the team. They see a comment like that, and it feels like a kick in the gut a little bit. But unfortunately, that to your point, it's just the fact of the matter, I think. I mean, uh, the, you turn on the game sometimes and literally like a Monday night or Tuesday night game, and it's sparse in there right so like that doesn't go unnoticed and certainly for somebody oh, look like at look at look at lj I mean, players and, look at lj and mj right now battling it out on the post oh jordan won that one though at least two just all oh, the swing you so gotta hit that oh that's great that's just great they swing it all the way around adele who was wide open for that three physical battle down there between lj and mj that was fun to watch um, but yeah, I didn't take any offense to Kimba's because I don't think Kimba Kimba showed his appreciation whenever he had the opportunity for the city and for the fans. I think that mm-hmm. to me, I read that as Ooh. yeah, there were there was nobody in the stands because they never got me any help and we were never really a true playoff contender. So yeah, you're not going to yeah. be the only one cheering anymore. It was just an honest assessment of the facts. I don't think it was. I don't think it was Kimba like making a barb at Charlotte fans by any stretch of the imagination but then the but then the secondary reaction to that like ooh, you know like ooh, it's it's a it's a total indictment i mean i don't know it's an indictment it's, of a franchise really? that hasn't gotten out of the first round in two right. decades right the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. MJ, one-on-one versus LJ. I I love MJ LJ right now. Look at this. Oh, I mean, it, good coach. Popular spot for the three back there. No, I'm going in for the Bulls, though. Inside stuff uh, placard <laughs> on the uh, advertisement there. What a classic show. Michael Adams in here for a little relief time. Doug, uh, subbing in for Muggsy, giving him a ball. Oh, wow. A little, oh, that was, a, that was an MJ push off there by Curry. 
Giving Ooh. DC the yeah. oh Dell, oh, look man. at that. He's getting fired up. Oh, 91 to 76. Hornets up big now. And and that may have look at that. NBC. Nobody beats Charlotte. Oh, look at that. <laughs> oh, getting the respect. DC getting the MJ respect on the push off. Oh, yeah. Give it to him, DC. That's great. <laughs> is that true? Is that where civilization was heading? The Toyota Forerunner. No, ultimately it was not true. <laughs> <laughs> no. Nah, we weren't. Welcome back. That's my Marv Albert impression. Welcome back. Another thing that strikes me watching all these old games, Doug, and you don't see every second of it, but it doesn't look like there's, you know, during breaks in today's games, there's never a dull moment. There's so much emphasis on keeping the attention on the court, I guess, or people in the stands entertained. But, like, it's really just the cheerleaders. Like, there's no announcers. There's no going up into the stands. There's no T-shirt guns. There's, like, none of that stuff going on in between play. And uh, just, you know, something different between the NBA presentation, game day presentation, then and today. It's weird. Oh, well, I mean, because I think, you know, professional sports were a, a little bit of a novelty, especially yeah. in Charlotte. You know, and now it's like, no, we got to find some different ways to keep people interested and give them incentives for coming to the game. Although they did have the, the parachute drop, right? I mean, they had a, a few of those things. I guess so. Morning, really, really trying to stake his claim out here in this game. It feels like 91 76, 91 points with six minutes to go. I mean, not something I don't think you saw a lot in this day and age, certainly not from the Hornets. Oh, no, this was uh, this was basically Chicago imposing a little bit of their defensive will on a team that was scoring very well was top 10 in the league in scoring. So uh, even though the Hornets do come away victorious in this one and certainly were giving a lot of hope to Charlotte Hornets fans that they could take down, you know, Goliath and take down Michael Jordan, you had to walk away from this game going, wait a minute, we we sort of – we played Chicago's game and won, and that would, you know, really kind of dictate the rest of the series as well. You know, you see Zoe spread out wide here up at the three-point line where they're really trying to get uh, LJ going in the post. They didn't have those two guys in there, you know, at the same time kind of holding down both ends of the block. They were really trying to give LJ some room to operate. And Zoe hit a, actually hit a three a little earlier. Good God, look at that mullet on Joe Wolf. That thing is just... All right, you're watching this uh, rewatch of the 1995 NBA Eastern Conference playoffs. Game two between the Hornets and the Bulls. You're listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We're doing this rewatch because, as you know, sports have come to a screeching halt. Basketball, at least live basketball, is benched. Pitchers are off the mound, but our friends at MyBookie, great sponsors of this podcast, they are not going to let you down. You can stay sane and stay entertained with access to your favorite games like Blackjack, roulette slots war and more it doesn't matter doesn't matter whether you're out on the front lines or you're quarantined at home the fun doesn't have to come to an end with mybookie.ag 
If video poker is not your thing, that's cool. They've got you covered with a host of live casino dealers online. That's right. They have professional dealers at their tables, live on site 24-7. You can trust the industry leaders in times like these. They are reliable, they're upright, and best of all, they pay fast when you win. So visit mybookie.ag and use promo code LOCKEDONNBA, all one word, for a 150% bonus on your first casino deposit. That's promo code LOCKEDONNBA to receive a 150% cash bonus on your first deposit. And you can claim those extra funds all the way up to $750. Support our show by supporting our sponsors, mybookie.ag. Use that promo code LOCKEDONNBA, all one word. You spin, you win, you get paid. A 12-point lead for the Hornets with 536 left to go in the fourth quarter. They are moving the ball around. They're still backing down with LJ. And you can see anytime LJ, oh, look at the love there. Oh, The love. You thought things were so good. Think about well, things are always better on right the there. on the field of battle, right? I mean, <laughs> because we know there is some beef between these two, or there was. Oh, look at that! Huge. Oh man! Wow. Next Sunday, Jurassic Park. Next Sunday, eight seven Central, Jurassic Park on NBC. That was that's a that's a relic of an old era, right? When network television would get the big movies, right? This was yeah. This would have been them yeah, trying to so, compete with HBO. Right. And uh, I saw this week that CBS is going back to that. They're going back to that model a little bit, bringing back their like Saturday night primetime blockbusters. Wow. I don't know if that's a permanent thing, but certainly probably well, having to do it, with the current state of things. Right now, there are no blockbusters. So, yeah. A charge on MJ. This is when you really Ooh. had to just start had to start feeling Ooh. good about the Hornets' chances because they just called a foul, offensive foul on MJ. You think this series will make, make the last dance? What's that? I mean, this series has to be has to at least get a mention in the last dance, right? I mean, this was his comeback. I believe it's focused on that last season, but I could be wrong. But they have, but I think they could add some context. Maybe they just mentioned like you know the the comeback and then what they were able to do in this I and not and not see, and not do this year. If you see the people that are in this, you know, in that trailer, Ooh. it's like it's so weird. It's like Carmen Electra, Justin Timberlake, noted uh, noted Michael Jordan expert, <laughs> Carmen Electra. Well, I'm sure she'd be talking a little bit more at length on Dennis Robin and some of his abilities. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. That thing, uh, we haven't talked about that, I think, since the news came down. Obviously, I'm very excited about that. And uh, also excited that uh, LeBron took credit for it, getting that pushed up a little bit. God, no one really stepped up and helped Michael Jordan in this game. I mean, it was all MJ here at the end. But, I mean, Scotty didn't have a great game. None of his bigs helped him out. I mean, this was a frustrating season and end of the season for Myers did nothing. <laughs> where, where were you, Petey? We needed you, Pete Myers. There's an iconic shot of Alonzo Mourning coming up at the end of this one. One of one of the I think two iconic moments for Alonzo Mourning. The shot against the Celtics to win that first series and him lying on the ground, swamped by Charlotte Hornets. Mm. Dog piling on top of him. Yeah, MJ's heating up a little bit here. I think that may have been a long two, but he just hit a three. Down 10 with four to go. A little little too late, I think. 
as Muggsy. They still got, I mean, Charlotte's still got all the, all their major players out right now. They're not backing down at all. Yeah. Oh, DC and DC and BJ oh. giving it to each other right now. Love that. Well, trash talk between two guys you don't really associate with trash talk. It's been a physical game, man. Anytime LJ or Alonzo try to get something going down inside, there have been three bulls ready to knock them down to the ground. Yeah, just under four minutes. Timeout up ten. Oh. Speaking of premiere movies, Doug. Oh, new sequest coming up. Make sure you check that out. NBC rocking some powerhouses. Sequest. And the return of Hunter. Tried to blitz that pick and roll there with Scotty and BJ. Didn't work. Yeah, Scotty, pretty quiet in this one. Um, uh, fourth personal. Fourth foul on, on, on Pippen. Has not done much at all. Certainly on the offensive end, I think he's been harassing more on the defensive end, but has not chipped in that much to help this Bulls comeback against the Hornets. Now looks again like blessing the pick and roll, but he gets the pass down yep. to LJ and the foul. I mean, they're doubling, they're doubling the ball handler on every pick and roll at this point. But Curry, good pass over the top, down into the roll, man. LJ, MJ, yeah, Goatee Jordan still, Goatee Jordan felt like. Uh, you know, a bit of a retirement or comeback face. I, I think I'm with you. I think, you know, once he went back to whatever mustache he had, it got a little more in the groove for him. So had the Hornets managed to win this series, they win this, they'll win this game here in a few minutes, but had they managed to win this series, they would have gone on to face the, the Shaq and Penny Orlando Magic. That would have been tough, Doug. I know that uh, Zoe, I mean, Zoe was a great Zoe. Yeah, Zoe. I, I mean, that's, to me, and... talk about one of the one if, what ifs in Charlotte Hornets history, I think, is we didn't get that Zoe-Shaq playoff matchup. Now, what, and, yeah. and Walker and I talked about this, like, what would they, if I could talk to Bristow right now, I'd be like, Bristow, okay, I know you probably weren't looking ahead to the Magic, but what would you have done about Penny? Like, where would you have put Muggsy I mean, at that point? Talk about Muggsy, right? Yeah, they could have taken him right out of the game for large portions of it. I don't remember who else was on that roster. Was that for the Magic, I mean, in that backcourt? I guess Nick Anderson. Let's see, you're 90. Penny. I'm just trying to think where they could hide Muggsy, you know what I mean? Certainly not on Penny. I mean, he would just abused him at, what, 6'7", six, 6'8". Uh, yeah, so that would have been Penny Hardaway, Shaq, Horace Grant, Nick Anderson, and Donald Royal. And then uh, uh, Dennis Royal. Scott off the bench and Brian Shaw. It's a good team. Oh, there was so a guy. The there was a guy. Uh, Daryl Armstrong was on that roster, pride of Gastonia. Went to my high school, Ashbrook. Yeah. Go Green Life. that roster? My, must have been his rookie year. Okay. Um, and also the averaging only played in one game gert hamming wow that sounds made up from the netherlands he's a he was a center seven feet tall 262 pounds gert hamming 
Good old Gert. Played eight games in his NBA career. There's your Gert Hammock stats. Doug. Hey, let me ask you something real quick. Let me ask you something real quick before you get to that. Because we talked about this on Wednesday's show. Dave Hoppin. You remember remember anything about Dave Hoppin? Uh, Would have been on the 88-89 team. Yes. Okay. Uh, He was uh, in... The Athletic, Rod Boone, did a survey of 300 Hornets fans, and one of the questions was, who is your favorite all-time Hornet? And Dave Hoppin got a vote. So my question <laughs> is, was that you? What? Was that you? Are you, were you <laughs> did you participate in the survey and troll by, by adding Dave Hoppin, a, a center that played for the inaugural 88-89 Hornets? And do you no, have any wow. memories of Dave Hoopin? No, just that he was on the team. Mm, look at Kerr. What a... Oh, if we only knew. Dave Hoppin got a vote, huh? Hoppin, yeah, that was probably the strangest player that got a vote. Um, Kimba overwhelmingly won that. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think Kimba saying that is going to hurt his stature with the fans. And people, I don't think, I I think they sympathize. They sympathize with Kimba. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Like, we know we stink. They blame MJ, I mean, of course. but um, You know what's funny? MJ, so that was one of the questions as well. Like, what do you think of MJ as an owner? And I was surprised at how high his approval rating was. I mean, it was sitting at around, really? you know, I would say it was sitting around 40%. 40, a little b- well, above 40%. You know 40%. why? I mean, we're, we're – we're, uh, you we hear so much on Twitter and reaction of just the negative stuff, right, from MJ for people wanting to blame for everything. So I suppose that makes sense that just anyone. Oh, Muggsy would... sneaking in there. Can't find him. Too Kerr small. Loses Muggsy on the back door. Muggsy, too small. Oh, poking. Poking. Oh. LJ poking. Is he going to embarrass him? Oh, he was close. He was close with the steal and the layup. You see that, though. Of course, I believe this is the year of the famous uh, rundown steal by Nick Anderson on Michael Jordan coming up in that Magic series. So you still see some rust on MJ. And uh, that LJ steal is just another example of that. Taking the pocket of the greatest. So the classic Hornets wrapping this one up, this 95 game two. They'll tie the series. They'll get the hopes up of many Charlotte Hornets fans, probably including David Walker at the time, who was watching this uh, very intense. And intent- Dave Hoppin. And Dave Hoppin, who was, was definitely – I think Dave Hoppin may have voted in the – I'm not going to say he voted for himself, <laughs> uh, but Dave Hoppin got a vote, and I'm pretty sure he was in the survey. Look at Muggsy. I mean, I mean that would have been a crowd to be in, huh? Yeah, it would have been good. I need to I, – I, I don't know why I don't remember that. I guess it wasn't there. <laughs> well – <laughs> so, so these are weird times, you know. I mean, our brain That's power true. is that being is reserved for a lot of different things. Um, but it's fun, man. It's fun to watch this team. This team had a lot of passion, and and it's 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 bittersweet because you want to you want to think about like, man, if the if if the players could have convinced Alonzo to stay, but Alonzo wanted to play in a place with luxury boxes. Strangely enough, that was a factor. <laughs> He's like, Charlotte doesn't have any luxury boxes. Um, He was right. He was right. Yeah, the old Charlotte Coliseum, Doug, only had like three on either side. So it was like, I think a total of six, if I remember correctly. Um, This was like 
just before the boom in the luxury box era. So the Charlotte, old Charlotte Coliseum, that was always a big takeaway for people criticizing that place. It's just that, or, you know, people that are looking for luxury, luxury boxes, but uh, they had a couple up there, but of course the team couldn't make money. Oh, that way being, ooh. oh this uh, broadcast from YouTube coming to us from Indianapolis, Channel 13. Hmm. Now here's the iconic moment, the iconic shot. Oh, yeah, there it is. Let him hear it. It's a, a Hulk Hogan move. wonder if yeah, Zoe was a big wrestling fan. I wonder why Zoe didn't try and patent that big old wristband that he wore and that he wiped his brow with prior to every free throw. That was really his signature, and you never saw him come out with, uh, you know, try and go with the, the Zoe towel. How would you do, like, the Zoe wristband? Look at that. I mean, it could have, really like I said, had they been able to keep it together, um, I'm going to kind of pull up the – I've got some Gert, Gert Hammock stats right here, but I'm going to pull up uh, that franchise, Hornets franchise index really quick. And in that next season, so that was 94-95, they went 50-32, and 32, and then the next season, Bristow goes 41-41. and 41. And they, you know, LJ leads the team, obviously, uh, because, you know, they, they weren't able to keep it all together. Um, so there you go. That's it. That's it. That's all. Uh, thanks for doing this rewatch with us. We, we appreciate uh, you listening to the show. Locked on Hornets. Go subscribe. Locked on Hornets. Uh, Locked on Hornets on the Locked on Podcast Network. Um, there you go. There's your final stats. Bulls lead two to one. I guess this would be game. Oh, this is game four. So this is going to be uh, maybe our next rewatch. We can uh, rewatch uh, this wow. TNT game here. 95 Bulls uh, game four as they wrap things up. Uh, but thanks for listening. Uh, make sure to subscribe to the podcast, Lockdown Hornets and the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thanks to our sponsors, my bookie, uh, Queen City Beauty Group. Go to queencitybeautygroup.com. Get a e-gift card that you can use later. They've been a great local sponsor for us. Uh, thanks to David Walker. Thank you, David, for joining me on this adventure. Always. Absolutely. We'll do this again next Friday. And also, we've got shows coming up on Monday and Wednesday. Uh, make sure, I think you can still vote in our greatest moments bracket on Twitter at Locked on Hornets. Uh, region two will reveal Region three next week as we continue. Uh, and we're going to be looking at, uh, we've, we've already determined, Walker, uh, David, and I wonder if you agree with this. The greatest season in franchise history, 2000, 2001. Do you agree with that? Oh, man. Um, over over this season, over 96, 97. We went with that because of the playoffs. You know, they were one game away from the Eastern Conference Finals, probably the closest they ever got. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, I think that's where we that landed. But we're going to be looking at some other best seasons in franchise history next week as well. So make sure you're tuned into that. All right, for David and Walker, I'm Doug Branson saying, Go Hornets, go America, let's swarm Charlotte. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.